Hollywood romances. Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller. Written and narrated by Brad Carty. Over the first months of their marriage, DiMaggio became more and more frustrated by the intrusions upon his privacy by an insatiable press. Moreover, Marilyn was not acting like a wife. She was comically incompetent at cooking and had no interest in staying at home and taking care of a house. Joe fantasized about moving into the same neighborhood as his parents and siblings in San Francisco and raising a family with Marilyn, but soon realized that this was the furthest thing from her mind. In September 1954, nine months after they married, Marilyn was filming The Seven-Year Itch. A famous scene from that film shows Marilyn standing over a subway grate and enjoying the blast of air that lifts her dress as a train rumbles below. The studio making the film thought it would be a great publicity coup to actually film the scene in New York City over a real subway grate. On the night of the filming, over 2,000 people stood across the street to watch Marilyn's dress climb up her legs over and over again as the director called for more takes. Joe DiMaggio was there, and he heard the men in the crowd catcall and make obscene comments as his wife displayed herself across the street. Later that night, a furious Joe beat Marilyn in their hotel room. A few months later, they separated and then divorced. After the divorce, Joe was desolate. He still loved Marilyn and wanted to protect her, but had no spousal rights. He dated a succession of women who looked a lot like Marilyn, but continued to hope that he would be able to reconcile with his true love. Meanwhile, Marilyn was getting frustrated with the roles she was asked to play, all of which presented her as a stupid blonde bimbo. She set up her own production company, moved to New York City, and began taking classes at the Actors Studio, home of the method acting philosophy of drama led by Lee Strasberg. While there, she had a brief romance with Marlon Brando, but she had her eye set on someone else. Years before, Marilyn had an on-and-off-again affair with director Ilya Kazan, who had directed the first plays by Arthur Miller, All My Sons, and Death of a Salesman. Kazan had introduced Marilyn to Miller at a Hollywood party, and she was intrigued. Marilyn had always fantasized about being desired by intellectuals, Indeed, she had confessed to her then-roommate Shelley Winters that her ideal bedmate would be Albert Einstein. Arthur Miller was brilliant, famous, and revered by the intelligentsia, and Maryland was determined to seduce him. Miller fell hard and proceeded to divorce his wife in order to marry Marilyn. His friend Ilya Kazan, who had introduced them, was appalled. He told Miller, quote, Marilyn is the kind of girl you sleep with, not the kind you marry. End quote. Marilyn and Miller were undeterred. Upon receiving his divorce, and after she converted to Judaism, they married in 1956. There were problems from the beginning. Miller objected to Marilyn's close relationship with Lee Strasberg and his wife Paula, 
who had become Marilyn's on-set acting coach. Marilyn was also ingesting ever larger amounts of drugs to sleep and to deal with depression. She was also seeing various psychiatrists five days a week, including Anna Freud, daughter of Sigmund. Neither the drugs nor the psychotherapy seemed to be helping. Marilyn was getting more and more combative with Miller and less and less functional as an actress. During the filming of Some Like It Hot, she required more than 60 takes to enter a room and ask, where's the bourbon? She fought with her director and often showed up on set drunk or hours late or else didn't show up at all. During the filming of her next movie, Let's Make Love, she did exactly that with her co-star Eve Montand, which was duly reported in the press, humiliating Arthur Miller. Faced with his wife's insecurities, addictions, and mood swings, Arthur Miller spent most of their marriage locked in his office trying to write. As a last-ditch attempt to save the relationship, he wrote a screenplay for Marilyn called The Misfits, which would be directed by her Asphalt Jungle director, John Huston, and would co-star Montgomery Clift and Clark Gable. Gable had always been Monroe's fantasy father, and working with him made her extremely nervous and insecure, resulting in even more lateness and no-shows during the production. The release of the film was greeted with critical scorn and terrible box office. Clark Gable died within weeks of the filming, and Marilyn was always afraid that her behavior on the set had contributed to his heart failure. At the same time that her relationship with Arthur Miller was deteriorating, Marilyn was beginning new relationships with the new President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, and his brother Robert. JFK's brother-in-law, Peter Lawford, was an actor who had known Marilyn for years, and he introduced them when the then-candidate for the presidency visited Los Angeles. Marilyn and John Kennedy would regularly have sexual encounters whenever he visited the West Coast. When he got tired of her, he passed her on to his younger brother, Bobby, who was then the attorney general. At the same time, she was having an affair with a friend of both John Kennedy and Joe DiMaggio, Frank Sinatra. By now, Marilyn Monroe's dependence on alcohol and drugs were destroying her life. At one point, while living in New York, she checked herself into a hospital for detox. Unfortunately, the hospital assumed that she was a danger to herself and others and put her into a padded cell for several days. Marilyn managed to get a message out to Joe DiMaggio, who came to the hospital and threatened to destroy the building if they didn't release his ex-wife immediately. From then on, Joe and Marilyn were back together in a limited way. She saw him as her protector and as her best friend. Joe even tried undergoing psychoanalysis and reducing his need for controlling Marilyn in order to win her back. By mid-1962, Marilyn's career and life were in shambles. She had been fired from her latest movie because the studio thought she was too undependable to employ. She was bitterly angry at the Kennedy brothers and was threatening to expose their relationship with her. On the other hand, she and Joe DiMaggio were spending more and more time together, to the point where Joe was telling friends that he thought they would soon remarry. 
On August 5, 1962, Marilyn was in her Los Angeles home. She spoke to Joe DiMaggio Jr., with whom she'd remained close. She also spoke to and was visited by Robert Kennedy, with whom she had a large argument. In the evening, she went to bed. Hours later, her live-in housekeeper tried to enter her room, but the door was locked and Marilyn wasn't responding to loud knocking. The housekeeper called Marilyn's psychiatrist, who broke into Marilyn's bedroom through a window and found her dead in her bed. He then contacted Marilyn's other psychiatrist, who arrived at the house shortly thereafter and announced her death to the press. What the second psychiatrist did not tell the press was that he had been sleeping with his famous patient, in clear violation of all medical ethical rules. Joe DiMaggio was distraught at the news of Marilyn's death, which the coroner determined was a suicide. He took control of her body and made all the funeral arrangements. The guest list was limited to Marilyn's closest friends and family, and included a grieving Joe DiMaggio Jr. Marilyn was buried in Westwood Cemetery in Los Angeles. For the next 20 years, Joe DiMaggio paid to have flowers placed at her grave three times a week. In 2017, Hugh Hefner was buried in the space next to Marilyn. He had bought the adjoining plot years before and will now reside forever next to the woman whose photos launched his fortune. Arthur Miller married a German photographer who was shooting publicity photos on the set of The Misfits. He would write about Marilyn indirectly in his play After the Fall and directly in his autobiography. He was not kind. Joe DiMaggio outlived Marilyn by 37 years. He would become a commercial spokesman and would attend autograph shows, making as much money as possible. He never remarried. If anyone mentioned Marilyn to him during those decades, he would walk away and never speak to that person again. His son struggled with drugs and even became homeless for several years, living on the street. He and his father never reconciled, although Joe left the boy some money in his will, and Joe Jr. showed up to be a pallbearer at his father's funeral in 1999, just months before he himself died. A heavy smoker all his life, Joe DiMaggio succumbed to lung cancer in the last year of the 20th century, a century that he and the love of his life were so identified with. It was reported that the final words he spoke before he died were, quote, I'll finally get to see Marilyn again. Hollywood Romances Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller Written and narrated by Brad Carty.